Welcome to the ACRI podcast. I'm Eleanor Collinson, Senior Researcher at the Australia-China Relations Institute at the University of Technology, Sydney. An increasingly scrutinised aspect of Australia's relationship with the People's Republic of China, the PRC, is collaboration, particularly between universities, in scientific research, especially into what are deemed sensitive fields such as artificial intelligence. AI has in recent years received widespread attention for its potential to transform vast swathes of the global economy and global society. While there might be many opportunities presented by the many new frontiers of AI and the swift advances in the design and harnessing of its technologies, there is also great potential for such technologies to be abused and applied to undesirable ends. A prominent example is facial recognition technology, for which applications range from the beneficial, such as fraud prevention, to the ethically concerning, such as mass surveillance. The PRC's position among global leaders in the development and uptake of such technologies means that research collaboration fittingly receives critical examination. The important contribution of Australia PRC research collaboration towards enhancing and expanding Australia's AI knowledge base and technological capability requires a weighing up of attendant risks, like how such research might be co-opted by an authoritarian state to track and control its own population and extend its reach out beyond its borders. Getting the balance right is crucial at this juncture. With us today is Michael Joe, Project and Research Officer here at UTS ACRI. Prior to joining UTS ACRI, he interned at the Perth US Asia Centre and at the Australian Chamber of Commerce Shanghai. He studied economics at the University of Western Australia and also at Shanghai Jiaotong University under the new Colombo Plan. UTS ACRI Acting Director Professor James Lawrenson and Michael co-authored a working paper recently on Australia's collaboration with China in artificial intelligence research. Michael joins us today to discuss PRC advancements in AI, trends in Australia's collaboration with the PRC in artificial intelligence research and the benefits and risks attached to it. Welcome to the ACRI podcast, Michael. Thank you, Elena. So you recently co-authored a paper that homes in on Australian research collaboration with the PRC on AI. We usually see case studies reported on and analysed, and your work seeks to provide some broader context to the discussion. Can you give us a brief overview of the key findings in your paper? For this paper, we used the Insights database of scientific literature, um, and then we looked at the number of publications and some of the associated metrics uh, for artificial intelligence. We looked at the number of Australian AI publications, and then we looked at how many of those publications, so journal articles and conference proceedings papers, had at least one uh, PRC-affiliated researcher as a co-author. By volume, we found that more than 30% of publications had at least one PRC-affiliated researcher. Out of Australia's most highly cited papers and articles, so among the t global top 1% of most highly cited publications for artificial intelligence, 50% of Australian publications had at least one PRC-affiliated researcher. What this tells us is that not only is the PRC a significant source of collaboration because they're making up nearly one-third of our AI publications, they're also contributing greatly to our most high-impact publications because more than half of our high-impact publications have a PRC researcher as a co-author. One of the other key findings from our paper was that specific universities in Australia are leading 
in terms of collaboration with PRC researchers. So we found that, for example, cumulatively speaking, over the last 10 years, the University of Technology, Sydney, collaborated with PRC-affiliated researchers more than 700 times on artificial intelligence research. So this is 462 publications more than the next most frequent collaborator with PRC uh, researchers, the University of Adelaide. And finally, the other key finding is that, so one of the main areas of concern is that Australian universities, when they're doing artificial intelligence research, they are inadvertently contributing to PRC military or security capabilities in surveillance or autonomous warfare. What we're finding is that our estimation is that the proportion of research with PLA-affiliated universities in the PRC makes up no more than about 6% of total Australia-China collaboration in AI. So there's not a clear pattern in Australian university researchers collaborating with these kinds of institutions in the PRC. So Australian research with PRC uh, institutions on AI is increasing exponentially and very rapidly. What are the driving factors influencing Australia's engagement with the PRC on artificial intelligence research? Broadly speaking, there's basically two kind of factors at play here. Um, generally speaking, scientific research uh, incentivizes collaboration because no individual researcher or research group has all the sort of knowledge or cutting edge knowledge needed to solve the most pressing research problems. There's already an incentive there, generally speaking, for researchers to seek out other researchers in their field, no matter where they are, whether that's PRC or the US, so that they are able to work on these kind of questions. The, the other factor is that we see for Australia's AI research, um, the data shows that Australia's AI research follows global trends quite closely. So if you're looking at the total number of papers by Australia over, the, say, the last 20 years compared to global output in AI over the last 20 years, the volume produced by Australia is, although it's on a, sm on a smaller scale, the pattern is basically mirroring the global pattern. So what that tells us is that Australian researchers basically research AI when other researchers globally are also researching. Um, and it just so happens that the PRC has been a leading source of uh, AI research by volume since about the mid-2000s. So that just opens up more opportunities for Australian researchers to also uh, collaborate with Chinese researchers on AI. In 2017, the PRC's State Council released a New Generation Artificial Intelligence Development Plan a strategy to become the world's leading AI power by 2030. Is the country realistically on track to achieve this objective? It's, it's probably not a stretch to say that the PRC is already considered a leader globally in AI when you look at it in certain metrics. When we look at, for example, the uptake of AI applications, facial recognition being a very prominent example, and then we look at, say, research output, uh, the PRC is certainly among the top players, globally speaking. Whether the PRC manages to become the global leader is contingent probably on several factors. So some of these might include, for instance, the relative difficulty uh, that the PRC has in attracting and or retaining AI talent. So about 63% of PRC-trained AI scientists are currently working or researching in the US. Other factors might include, for example, a gap in the design uh, and manufacture of 
advanced AI specific computing chips. And there's also a knowledge gap uh, coming from a lack of fundamental theoretical breakthroughs coming out of the PRC. But it would be kind of also remiss not to mention that it's not exactly clear what it means to be the leader in AI. Um, the PRC government aims to become the primary AI innovation center, but it's still not really clear what this actually means um, because there's many different ways you can measure innovation. You're listening to the ACRI podcast with me, Eleanor Collinson, and our guest, Michael Joe, Project and Research Officer at the Australia-China Relations Institute. In this episode, we're discussing trends in Australian collaboration with mainland China in artificial intelligence research. Turning our attention now to the impact that developments in artificial intelligence could have on the Australian economy, in your paper, you cite the McKinsey Global Institute, whose modelling suggests that AI could contribute to nearly half of Australia's GDP growth over the next decade. What role might research collaboration with the PRC in AI play? Yes, yeah, so at the aggr aggregate level, um, one of the key issues for the Australian economy is that we face relatively low productivity growth. So that means that currently our economic growth is coming mainly from increases in labour and capital inputs. Broadly speaking, where AI would have an impact is that automation using AI technologies could improve this kind of productivity. So in very, very simplistic terms, we're getting, we'd be getting more bang for our buck. And that's where we'd get that extra GDP growth. If we zoom in a little bit, so the Australian government, Department of Industry, Innovation and Science, in collaboration with CSIRO, Data61, uh, recently released an AI industry roadmap focusing on potential commercial applications with an ambition to create a $315 billion AI industry by 2030. We zoom in, if we zoom in a little more, that roadmap emphasizes natural resources and environment, healthcare, infrastructure, so smart cities um, for Australia. Um, and in natural resources, for example, we've actually already got world-leading capabilities in autonomous vehicles uh, in our mines up in northern Western Australia. Other areas of the roadmap, for example, we have a high priority on potentially exporting some of these technologies. So uh, in healthcare, for example, that's already a potentially large market in countries like China, which have aging populations. AI would probably enhance our export prospects for these kinds of markets. Um, and then we'd also expect on the labor market side that AI would require specialist workers. So that roadmap, for example, predicts 161,000 AI jobs by 2030. In terms of research collaboration with the PRC, how the, that research collaboration impacts on these kind of economic impacts is that while re university level research is not generally focusing on specific direct applications of AI, um, so we're not necessarily getting direct economic benefits from that research output. But what we're looking at is getting, for example, basic research, fundamental science that improves our capability to actually develop these specific applications later down the track. So that's the kind of indirect impact from a knowledge base that we're expanding through this collaboration with the PRC. So that's the impact on the economic side. So if we turn to human rights and security, there's been a number of reports in Australia of instances wherein Australian AI researchers have inadvertently or otherwise contributed in some manner to the PRC government's mass surveillance um, or autonomous warfare capabilities. 
One recent prominent example is a research partnership between the University of Technology Sydney and CETC, a PRC state-owned military tech company, which reportedly contributed toward the development of an application that allowed for the tracking and detention of Turkic Muslims in Xinjiang. To what extent can Australia minimise or mitigate the risk of this happening? We now have an Australian Government Task Force created set of guidelines to counter foreign interference in the Australian university sector, but are these measures enough? Certainly with research that approaches more specific applications, uh, so if we're looking at actual facial recognition technologies that can be uh, used out of the box, for example, we already have the Defence Trade Control Act regulations, um, DTCA, which the government can use to reduce the risk of this kind of technology transfer. When it comes to basic scientific research that we're doing in universities, the general nature, general purpose nature of AI technologies means that it's kind of difficult for governments or even universities to apply broad brush regulations without unintentionally impeding development of beneficial applications. So, for example, Separate image recognition applications for, say, melanoma detection, uh, crop monitoring, but also military target identification could all make part use of mathematical modelling that uh, was conducted a few years ago by an Australian and PRC researcher. So this makes regulating AI research collaboration at the university researcher level difficult. Um, and means that it will depend significantly on the judgment of individual researchers and their oversight, so faculties or schools, um, in terms of evaluating the risk of particular research efforts. So this is where existing university research ethics mechanisms uh, can be supplemented by these new university guidelines. We also have anecdotal evidence from, for example, Professor Toby Walsh at UNSW, uh, who has suggested that AI researchers in the field already uh, sort of coming to terms with the awareness of ethical implications arising from their AI research. So one final question for you, Michael. How does Australia's collaboration with the PRC in AI research, as well as the attendant conversation around the implications of such, correspond with the experience of the US or others in the region? The US is a bit different because one of the th so one of the things we note in our paper is that Australia has a different AI research ecosystem compared to the US. The US is currently probably the one of the world leaders in AI research, and there's a lot more corporate AI research coming out of entities like Google um, or Facebook. A lot of the most significant breakthroughs in AI came out of the US, and there's a smaller proportion of research being done in collaboration with PRC-affiliated researchers. So about 17% in 2018. But broadly speaking, the US experience with uh, collaboration with the PRC is kind of taking a similar sort of path as we're seeing in Australia. There's a similar kind of discussion around balancing the opportunities of collaboration against the risks, because there is still a significant PRC-trained talent base in the US who are also responsible for a significant proportion of US AI research. So for example, we know that uh, nearly two-thirds, or 63% of PRC-trained AI scientists are actually based in the U.S. at the moment. So there, that, that debate around uh, collaboration is happening there as well. Around the region, there are a few other countries where there's also quite high levels of collaboration with the PRC. 
So Singapore, for example, has 38% of Singaporean AI publications were produced in collaboration with a PRC-affiliated researcher. Poll, it's 33%. For India, though, it's 2%. Japan, 9%. New Zealand, 19%. And South Korea, 7%. So there's varying levels of collaboration within the region. And you probably expect over time as uh, the PRC advances in its sort of uh, implementation of its kind of national AI strategy, these kind of debates and discussions will probably intensify as well. Some fascinating insights into a complicated emerging space. Thanks for joining us on the ACRI podcast today, Michael. Thank you for having me. You can subscribe to the ACRI podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or listen to all episodes on our website, australiachinarelations.org. There you can also find out more about ACRI's research and events. Michael's co-authored paper, Cross-Border Neural Networks, Australia-China Collaboration in Artificial Intelligence Research, is available for download. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at ACRI underscore UTS, and on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.